Welcome to another episode of the Classic Pinball Podcast. My name is George, and today, a little bit different, folks. We're in the kitchen, not the basement. We're with somebody we've introduced before. We've talked about him before. Oh, you're going to chime in now? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with Dave, obviously, but also, as we call our resident genius, good guy, Pinball intellectual, John Day. Hello, John. <laughs> Hello, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me, George and uh, Dave. Um, truly honored to be on your podcast. So, thank you. Our pleasure. Last time we were here at Mike's house, I spoke of a handful of games that Mike had acquired since I was here last. Stars being one of those. Well, folks, this isn't your ordinary stars. This is a game that John has meticulously put together for Mike. So I'm going to have John take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about the game and what he did. Dave's going to ask a couple of questions because I really don't know this game all that well. And then we're going to go downstairs and we're going to actually play it. So I'm going to hand the floor over to John and Dave, chime in if you've got a question. Do you want to ask a question first? You're looking at me with... Kind of a long face. No, or, I'm, I'm uh, fine. No, you, you, you okay. don't. You're good. Okay. 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 John, tell us a little bit about this particular stars, what you started with and what you did to it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so this stars, uh, Mike was uh, looking for a copy of stars, a game that he uh, knew was a really fun and challenging player. And one showed up locally. And as you know, when, you know, you look at games in the listings, you know, they often look good. They're in, you know, maybe not such good lighting and the play field looks better than it does when you actually go up and pick up the game. So Mike picked up the game and um, the play field was not that great. There was mylar in spots. Uh, there was, you know, paint, lots of missing paint. Uh, it was very dirty. And um, in the end, the play field was just not up to the level that, that Mike was looking for. So, uh, so we were looking at doing a playfield swap. So I was like, you know, no problem. We can get a repo playfield, and that will be great. So, unfortunately, there were no standard playfields that were available anymore. But uh, fortunately, there's a um, someone I met out of uh, Colorado called uh, Beehive Pinball, and I had purchased playfield protectors from him before. The guy's name is Mike Lund, super nice guy, and he had made a completely custom artwork playfield reproduction for stars and so we went to his website and it was out of stock and it was like sign up for a uh, the waiting list and maybe you'll get it someday 
Now, now, we're in 2022. When did you do this game? Uh, this was done in 2022, roughly January this year. Oh, okay. So this is brand new. This is brand oh, new. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I got a question too. So yeah, I got some too, but go ahead. CPR does make a Stars play field. They did, and I and I have one. Okay, you stole my question. Ah, uh, they did, but they were out of stock, unfortunately, at the time that we looked for it. So, okay. So if we if he was in a rush to do it, I mean, with with, with CPR, you can say they're going to rerun them again. You just gonna have to wait six months to a year. Mm-hmm. But then again, the other one you had the other option is very intriguing too. If you want like a rare thing, they're only going to make like ten of them, or whatever. Then that's maybe what Mike wanted to do at that point. So how did that go? Well, how come he um, decided that? Yeah, and what's the, the, what's the, the, yeah, what's the, what's the difference in the game? Well, so... Um, so or the play field, right? <coughs> no, the play field, The play field's different. Yeah, okay. The hard work's different. Great question. So uh, so the mechanics of the play field are identical. So in other words, uh, Beehive Pinball completely faithfully reproduced the play field from a CNC routing point of view. You know, position of all the posts, all of that was, was faithfully reproduced. However... Um, Mike had actually created his own custom artwork with a combination of uh, Galaxy, for example, mm. stars, and a few other classic Stern pinball machines. So he kind of took art cues from all three of those and then created a much more modern art representation of stars. He also moved many of the inserts. So rather than having the EM look ladder that you have for the, the bonus countdown, for example, he created a constellation of stars. Almost like pinball. Uh, yeah, a lot pinbot. similar. That's right. Yeah. Pinbot's a really good way. He also used the Williams Starburst inserts, yes. which was very appropriate for this title. The name, it's the stars. Stars, right? So, so, so it so, should have Starburst so, well, inserts. Let's, let's hold on here for a minute. You, Dave, mm-hmm. said something about be- Beehive Pinball to me before, yeah. but I don't think it was this product. No. You bought something else from these guys. Correct. Now, to John, I've never heard anybody ever talk about these play fields. The stars play fields. Yeah, this, this, I've never heard anybody really talk about it's this. It's yeah. done, right? Just one. That, that's correct. So Mike, uh, Mike... Well, you can't be the only one who bought it. Yeah, so he... Um, my understanding is he made 15 of them. So he actually cut the silk screens himself so this is an actual silk screened play field which is truly amazing no right no because now it's all digitally printed i believe by cpr right that's correct if you buy cpr now and i don't know about the major vendors but um my guess is they're probably digital too uh i would assume so yeah Um, cpr is digital now no 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 i mean like stern stern or or any Uh, of the big guys certainly certainly jersey jack no question i'm just saying so this is really boutique Fifteen. Yeah, it's extremely boutique, actually. You don't have one, do you? No, I don't have the, I have the original CPR stars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I had discovered that playfield on um, on Mike's website, and so I thought it was what quite interesting. Remembered it, and then when we were looking for a playfield and CPR didn't have any, cookie. Then we looked there. Oh no, I'm all set. <laughs> the, everybody's being really polite, but they're all eating behind us here and trying not to say anything, and they're just kind of. Who are these characters? But uh, but it was you know it, it, it was kind of fortuitous because um, it it made the game so unique because you know it brought the game I think from you know from it was almost when you look at a stars which is a phenomenal playing game by the way but it is kind of EM like and I'm not I love EMs great games but it has that EM flavor with the ladder bonus is it a chimer it's a chimer yeah that's chimer. correct 
But okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt. So so it's a gorgeous looking play field, and Dave, maybe you can post a picture. No, sure. I'll know what I'll do. What? I'll, I'll find the stars thing on uh, Pinside and just post it there and let people know that we did this. Mm. Good idea. I'll find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but I right? think, yeah, stars only. Right, so people <laughs> can see this. Maybe there's a thread. There has to be. There, there, there might be. I, I don't know. I, I, um, I never saw it, so that's I'm why I'm kind of sure. asking. I, I never knew about this. I'm not sure, So, uh, but I, I think the play field But that's not where it ends. I guess no, I'm interrupting. That's not where it ends. Yeah. This is only the start. So, yeah. so what did you do to the game? Yeah, so um, so the game was, you know, the game was over 40 years old. It was beat to death, as most games are in that age that hadn't been restored yet. So the original plan was to do standard restoration, you know, new drop targets, uh, new stand-up targets, new flipper mechs. Um, those games have notoriously bad flipper mechanisms that break. You know, the plates snap on them. They're, they're really, the bushings are very poor. You can't get replacement bushings for them anymore. So um, <clears throat> so fortunately, Pinball Life makes uh, reproduction. Uh, the second generation classic Stern Max. This is so, way better, way better Max. Oh, uh, way better, absolutely. And I believe, Dave, you use those on your restorations oh, all the time. too. Yeah, so. But I'm really shocked that you didn't talk him into doing WPC Max on this game. Oh, uh, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now, everybody just turned off. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah, yeah. So that's it kind is, of a, this is a tech talk. Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> is a, this is a common joke uh, between David and I, which um, I had a, uh, what was it? When did I first start doing this? It was probably Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, yeah. So I picked up a Flash Gordon has linear flippers which mm -hmm. are awful, which are trash absolutely awful yep, I agree. and i and they were destroyed in this game mm -hmm. that i got i mean everything you know plates were all stripped out you know stuff was broken there were screws through the play field and it was awful and it was junk you know coils were burned mm -hmm. so i was got to replace everything and i had read a pin side um thread i think bid 1900 might have suggested it mm. and it was uh to use a wpc mech instead of these linears and i'm like that's brilliant. You know, I service WPCs all the time. As an engineer, I feel it's one of the best mechanisms out there to service and, you know, rebuild. And it, they're really snappy feeling and very precise. So I went for it. So I ordered a couple of uh, WPC uh, reproduction necks from Pinball Life, put them in Flash Gordon. And that is a brutal game to play. And it is so nice to have precise flippers that are so powerful and now, so precise in that game. Now, so. the, now, the other side of that, what I do with that, is I don't go quite the WPC psycho mode that John does over <laughs> here. <laughs> what I do is I'll take like a, an old Bally uh, Matahari Paragon, kind of late 70s stuff with a, with a fiber link in there. Uh, it's a way better flipper mech um, than, the, than the, uh, the linear. And it still has that Bally feel to it. And it has plenty of strength, um, age-appropriate strength, I'd say, for, you know, for the game, whatever. Um, but the other way, WPC definitely adds. You get more oomph, and you get more accuracy, kind of thing out of that. So it all depends what you want to where you want to go. But that being said, I do like using the WPC Mac in classic um, Williams games, yep. like the Agreed. Girl Guards and so forth. Agreed. Same thing with the Tower games, like Superman. Same thing. I put them in there. Totally agree, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did a Firepower a little last year and did the same thing, you know, put the WPC mechs in there. But for this game, for Stars, I feel like like Stern games have a very unique flipper feel to them. They're very, they're very like, lightweight and kind of snappy. Yeah, they are. And I didn't so, want to lose that. Mm. So um, so I decided to go with Gen 2, yeah, you know, classic move. Sterns. Nice. And I think that was a really good decision for yeah. Stars. I think it was great. Great so, idea. Um, so that worked out really well. So, yeah, so, so um, you know, standard rebuild was the, you know, rebuild all the, you know, new 
um, rectifier board and you know repin connectors and all the standard things that yeah. you do to make the game you know play very um, reliably. But uh, but then beyond that was this new play field. So with the new play field, I, I made new rails well, for it. Um, right, but you did electronics. Well, yeah. So I guess we'll get into that. Yeah, right. Well, I think so, that's, that's kind of what I want to hear. Oh, uh, sure. Because you did this sermon once before when we were here back in uh, in May. But I'll be, I'm a civ head, so I don't remember any of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so no worries. Now I so, can archive it and I can actually listen to it 900 times sure. while I'm editing this. Although, it's been pretty good so far. Yeah. yeah. A little kitchen noise, but hey. After some of the stuff I've heard in the last couple of weeks from other podcasters, guys, you got to talk about pinball. Well, you know what's good about <laughs> it? I'm done with the personal stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The good thing about this, it's it's a live show. It's like, uh, you know, like in the old TV shows, like it's live. There is so, no so, script here. No script. Audience. No, I, t- I told John that when we started. <laughs> yeah. I said, I don't want you to tell me anything because yeah. I want it to be spontaneous. So, yeah, yeah. so tell the audience what you did electronically to this game. Yeah, so let's talk electronics. So I'm actually an electrical engineer, so you know, so I love doing all kinds of embedded work and stuff like that. And um, on Pinside, there was a, a, a listing that a fellow named Dick Hamill that had posted a uh, Bally Stern OS is what it was called. And it, the concept of this was to use the original MPU, but there is a J5 connector, which is used normally for factory diagnostics. It's normally unused, except for some Stern games, the SB300 soundboard plugs into that. Yeah, on all the Stern games, they would direct connect to the soundboard through that top connector. Valley Games never used that. That is correct. But Stern yeah. did. So for all you people following along, that's the connector that you always look at and go... Why is that there? On the very top. Yeah. Of the so on a Bally, it just sits there doing nothing. Right. If it's a classic Stern that has an SB one hundred or two hundred or three hundred soundboard, that board would plug into that. And what is on that connector is the uh, microprocessor bus, so the address and data. And if you were to look at that, all of everything that's going on in the game in terms of running software is uh, presented on that bus. So Dick Hamill had came up with this just brilliant idea, which is to design a board which plugs into that connector. No modifications to the MPU board whatsoever. I like it. And now it holds the processor in reset, and then a separate, called an Arduino, which is a programmable, very modern microcontroller. In fact, the company I work for is produces the processor for that. And um, and so that that Arduino now, which has its own memory, is a processor in its own right, but is way more capable than the original memory that was on the board. Now takes control of the microprocessor bus, and most importantly, there's something called PIAs, which are on the board, and that is how you scan your switch matrix. It's how PIA. It's PIA. Yeah. So it's a peripheral interface adapter. I or sometimes we'll call sometimes people call them pain in the arse. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but. But there's, uh, there's typically... There's, there's, <laughs> For there's, our friends down under? Yeah, so there's typically two or, of those. Never mind. Yeah. There's typically two Pias that are on a uh, Bally or a Stern. So view. he came up with an Arduino with a rule set, but didn't you change some things in the um, rule set yeah, not and me. or sounds? So that's a great question. So, um, so this Arduino now is controlling the entire pinball machine. So all the code and everything now resides on the Arduino, and it's all written in modern languages. It's written in C, C++. And so 
Dick came out with a base operating system, which he published on GitHub. So it's available open source. You can grab it. And then different pinball guys. And I don't know if Dick did the stars 2021 or if someone else did it. I'm not sure. I'd love to give them credit. I just don't know who wrote that one, but someone wrote a rule set specifically for stars. And as part of that rule set, they also created um, sound triggering similar to a much more modern game. Mm. So it dispenses with the chimes and now it sends sound triggers very similar to a modern WPC game, for example. And so there's a separate soundboard with an SD card that has, I think there's maybe 93 sound bites, you know, soundtracks. And then depending on what is going on in the game, it will trigger uh, it to play that. And it's a polyphonic, meaning it can play more than one track simultaneously. So it can have background music or background sounds. And then it can be triggered with a voice of instructions. It can have um, all kinds of, you know, just wild um, music type sounds and things like that so as you're playing. When one sound kicks off, it doesn't cancel another sound that's going that's on? That's correct, yeah. So they and can that, just overlap each other? That's correct. This board, I think, it supports at least nine simultaneous um, soundtracks, and it might be as many as 13. I'm okay. not sure. So uh, I think in the game, it might be more maybe between three and five at most that it plays simultaneously. But, um, but that's a total game changer because now you're taking a game that kind of spanned, you know, EM to early solid state. You know, it was that's why it's got chimes. It's why it's got, you know, the bonus ladder. Yeah. You know, it's got a lot of EM heritage because it's really one of the first solid state games that Stern ever, ever built. 1978. 78, yeah. exactly. So in 75, you know, that factory was doing all EMs. Right. And so... Um, so it so it kind of it, it takes you from where that game was, which was just really a transition game, and it brings you to I think way beyond like early '80s because I, I feel like that game is brought into more like probably '86, exactly yeah. it brings you to mid '80s, yeah. Yeah. and that's huge because you know if you look at how how more advanced the rule sets are on a pinbot, for example, mm. than they are on a stars, for example, or a right. Matahari or some of these. So what's more so what's the major difference in playability of the game? We're gonna go play it in a couple of minutes. Yeah, we will. So so I did have to do something sacrilege, which I did have to cut a hole in the bottom of the cabinet, put a speaker in. Oh. So I, so people will hate us for doing that. I was very careful. I'm a woodworker, so I made a very nice. I copied a meteor, so I copied the oh, yeah. same. You know. Um, you know, uh, there's like a square like mount for the speaker. So I copied all the dimensions from a meteor so it would look normal. It was karmically correct. <laughs> it was, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> you know, put a speaker on, it's fine. You know, it's, and so the game actually has a switch, which is kind of interesting in the head, where you can run classic rule sets and the Arduino is disabled. So you'll have a chime game with the steam. So you can go back to the former game. Yep, exactly. Turn the power off, by the way, if you ever flip the switch, because it will not like you switching mid-term. Um, and so when you get the new rule set, there is um, all kinds of things going on. There are, um, for example, like it keeps track of how many spins in the spinner. And so if you get 100 spins within a, within a ball, then you'll get this advanced like bonus time of, um, of getting like way more points for the spinner. You'll see all the spinner, you know, there's five stars that are lit in front of the spinner. Those will be like, like pulsating, letting you know that, hey, this is worth a lot of points. for. So he not only did sound and rule set, he did light show too. Absolutely, and it's a great point. So there is a phenomenal attract mode light show. Like the attract mode light show is kind of, eh, you know, it's not great on yeah, stars. Right. But um, but on um, stars 2021, you know, which is his Arduino implementation, um, it's gorgeous. Like it has all kinds of fan type stuff. It's got pulsating where it does multi brightness. 
So it has the concept of not just on and off, you have like dim. Oh, so it has okay, the ability yeah. of like pulsating the lights so you can get this like. So this guy, Dick Hamill, does he have a website or a uh, Twitch channel or a YouTube channel? I don't know. Where do people, yeah. because I've, other than playing here and I don't remember again. Yeah. Have so, people seen? I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is: Have people talked about this? I know I see the threads on Pinside for the Arduino and all that, but has anybody ever talked about this or done what we're doing right now? I don't think so. I, I, yeah, I don't think so. It, it's really awesome. So I saw the first video was on a Pinside link, or it was actually on a Pinside discussion that Dick Hamill had originated, and then that's where I learned about it. And he had a couple of videos that he had posted that embedded in Pinside, and I watched a few of those. I was completely hooked after I saw it. Um, in fact, the first yeah, this is um, right up your alley. Yeah, it was. So the first one that I built, <laughs> um, the first one I built was for Meteor, and in fact, um, there were no available. Oh, so you've done more than one of these? Oh yeah, yeah, I've done Meteor. I've, Oh, yeah. I've, I've converted... Come on, George. You know you're talking I, to. Yeah. <laughs> so, Again. Yeah. So, so far, I have converted four meteors in the state of Massachusetts wow. to this code. Wow. You know, or Maybe it's more than that now. Maybe a fifth one up in, in New Hampshire right now. So oh. I might have done five of those. And, okay. I, didn't, and, I, and didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. So it's really fun. So there were no boards available at that time. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I designed boards. I, so I just so went, you made your own? Yes. Yeah, so I ended up doing my own PCB layout. I guess I should tell I want to stop everybody for a sec. So I'm going to point to Dave now. Now, he's talking about an Arduino solution. Mm -hmm. You know where I'm going with this, right? Mm. Scott. Did he oh, ever? Scott. No, no. This is not a game he's ever no, done. No, Scott is all dealing with just regular. You know who we're talking about, right? Which Scott? Which Pennsylvania Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, he just deals with ROMs. Like, he wants to use the no, no, yeah, I, yeah. real code. We're, we're coming code. from two yeah. different angles, but yeah, I want yeah, to do the comparison and say, ways, yeah. is, there, is there somebody else who has rewritten a ROM for this game? Instead of going the Arduino well, route. I guess that's kind of where... Well, here's the, well, the Arduino thing is more of a rewrite and doing whatever you want with it. That's correct. The Scott way is more like taking the original ROM set... Right, and, and just and, tweaking and, and a couple tweaking of rules. It and, and basically, right. okay. if the designers at the time had more time to do things and do like version 1.1, 1 1.2, 1 okay. 1.5, that's what Scott's doing. Exactly. To bring it to the, you know, the ultimate level you can bring it to. Exactly. You know? That's exactly a great way to put it, Dave. And I think that they're both great approaches. Yeah, I just want to make sure we cover it. That's all. Yeah, yeah, they're both <laughs> I think what I see for the Arduino approach is that it is, to Dave's point, 100% rewrite. And, and I think I think Dick Hamill calls it reimagining. Okay. No, no, wrong door. What, are you looking and, for the bathroom, uh, so, right? Oh, right, so right the bathroom's like, right there with the wreath on it. Oh, this is a garage. All right, you're in the wrong spot. You can try the garage. I have to give, I have to give direction. Right there. Is there somebody in there? Oh, there's somebody in there? There's a bathroom downstairs, too. Yeah, I know, yeah. Okay, that's, that's full, too. Also. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yes, right. Sorry. Give him bathroom directions. Yeah, no worries. So keep that in, George. I did when we went to uh, whatchamacallit, uh, when we went to Ohio. Don't you remember we recorded outside the bathrooms? Oh yeah, with, with, the, with the air dryer going. Right, all the time. right, with the yeah. hair dryer. Right. Yeah. So this is, you know, look, we're unconventional. We tell you that every time we do this. Yeah, um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? Because I want to join the party. Absolutely. I'm sure you do. So, you want to um, play. We didn't come here to do this, but you're yeah, kind, so enough, I'll, I'll throw out kind enough to take the time to do it. Oh, my pleasure. It's an honor. So so this um, sort of reimagine, you know, Bally Stern, iOS, um, it's currently available for a bunch of titles. So um, it's available for Meteor, Stars, um, Flash Gordon. 
Uh, Matahari is another title. Mm -hmm. um, Galaxy. Galaxy is another one that's available. Thank you, Mike. Uh, and there may be a few others. So actually, I'm going to be restoring a Galaxy next for Mike. We're waiting for the playfield to come in, and uh, I'll be plan playing to. Uh, to you have another new game coming. That as well. So he had a Galaxy years ago, and he sold it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I made him a nice Galaxy. And they, he's you know, kind of bored of it, so now he wants to reimagine Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah. he's really sold on you know the new code yeah. and stuff like that. To get the attack from Mars, and and then oh, that makes sense. I was out of work when Scott was selling it, oh. so I couldn't. It would have been a short conversation with Kathy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, that wasn't going gotcha. anywhere. Yeah. So yep. so so it's really fun, and you know, and um, there are you don't necessarily have to design your own boards anymore. Right. If you go on Pinside, right. there are resellers that have made the boards and they provide kits mm. so you can literally get a plug-and-play kit for stars or for um for the uh for galaxy or you know or many other gameplays games as well or if you're really into designing your own boards and stuff like that you can do that as well See, i get, I, get a, I have a project meteor right now i had a couple and one meteor got kind of lost somewhere i don't know what happened to it but it's it's gone now but i still have one more meteor left it's actually i don't know it's project is project city and i don't know if i really have the time or whatever or the inclination to it back so i probably i should actually put it out there i bet it'd be worth decent dough you just did oh good okay well, well it's out there i have a meteor up for grabs you just, yeah, you yeah. just did okay exactly so so it's definitely worth so go on to pin side you can do a search for you know valley stern um os i think is the is the uh, flag for it you can look for dick hamill there's a um there's got to be at least 30 or more postings on that different people lots of questions he's been super helpful and then he's got links if you go to github and do a search for Bally Stern OS, you'll find uh, his page there, and you'll find all of the um, schematics are there, all the source files that you need for Arduino, and the instructions for building it, if you wanna, if you wanna take the approach of doing it yourself. You better so. kick some money back to him, Dick. And fun, fun fact <laughs> with, uh, with, with Dick Hamill, his, his brother, Oh no! Is Mark Hamill was in Star Wars, <laughs> and Dick Hamill's doing stars, so is that going on? What do you think about that, George? I can neither I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> okay, we're okay. We're done here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go play the game, and then maybe we'll do a couple of other things, like one more thing, you and me. Yeah. Because I have a I have a story. Okay. I guess I can't tell it with you here though, because I have to use some derogatory language. That's all right. She's a she's a big girl. She's used to it. Okay. <laughs> Later. It'll work. Okay. Let's go downstairs. All right. Don't Down in the basement. Down in the basement. Yeah. Podcasting right now? Yeah, Kemley. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't want to talk. Podcasting. <laughs> Too late for that. Oh, so the number in the back glass, what's that signifying? Ah, uh, so that was the number of... Okay, we're standing in front of the stars. John just played his first ball. Yeah. Pretty game. So is that woman... Or alien on the other game? I don't think so. No. I think so that's different, too. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. It kind of looks like the uh, the green girl from Star Trek on the planet that uh, Captain Kirk was, uh, let's call it, dating. So this game has a ball save. It does, yeah. 
And that's a programmable option. I think it's six seconds, if I'm not mistaken. And this game is so mean that that's a feature you use often. Other than try to survive, what do we want to do to this game? Um, so on this game, it's, it's um, the rules are preserved, but they're enhanced. So meaning that um, if you want to knock down three sets of these targets, either left or right, to get 2x bonus lit. And then you have to knock down all six targets to get 3x bonus lit. So that's kind of preserved from the original Stars game. But then you have all the like odd rules, like knock down the two greens, and then you'll get like the plus 400 will light up. You knock down the red only, and then you'll get like the 7,000 light up uh, for the remaining targets. Um, and then you want to complete the stars, which is really the fundamental of the game. So you have a you know a green, a blue, red, yellow, and um, like an off amber color, and uh, those are your five stars, which are stand-up targets. Each one of those that you complete will give you a bonus, and it also will increase the multiplier for the right-hand spinner. And uh, so if you have, like, for example, all five stars completed, that spinner's worth like a thousand points for every revolution. Show us how it's done. Who's going next? Yeah, I think Dave should I'll, go I'll next. Go. I'll give it a Dave shot. knows this game pretty well. He's a, probably a better mechanical player than I am on this title. So, Maureen, hold my beer. Show us how it's done there. <laughs> it's a famous saying. It's like, I'm going to do something great here. Hold my beer. Well, you're going to have this, gonna gonna have this microphone in your puss. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. There's nothing like pressure, Dave. No, no pressure. <laughs> it's a stars game after all. What could go wrong? Okay, so up the nice. up the left spinner. Spinner. And like that. Oh, there you okay. go. And and out, can, out she goes. Okay, Maureen, show us how it's done. Yeah. Wow. Maureen, exactly. All we have is like uh, below 10,000 points, everybody. Yeah, we're all playing golf. So what is right a now. good all score on this game? Um, I think if you break 100,000, I think you're... you're 100,000? Yeah. I think 100,000. Once you break 100,000... Like, like Night Rider. Yeah. Oh, really? Is that I what mean, this I, is like? So that's so a hundred thousand is the rule. Like with below a hundred thousand, it's a bad game. Um, I think a really good game is probably over two. You know, then you can really be proud of yourself. Okay. No, no, this is just a standard six and a half. It's the same speaker that's in like a uh, like a meteor. Okay, same speakers in that. Parts Express. It is. Yeah. Parts Express one. Yep. Okay. George is up. Every available man. My turn. Every available man, George. Here we go. He, wow, he just got uh, one of the stars, I think. So far, Maureen's in the high school with 30,000 points. George got 15,000 points. Maureen is kicking butt here. Maureen is absolutely in the lead. John is back up. Player one. Player one. And he he just shots himself. Take the ball save. Ball save. Look at the ball save. Here we go. Come on, John. Okay, we're listening to uh, Attack from Mars in the background. Hard to hear this. It is what it is, folks. Sorry. You mean John's not getting jackpots right now? No, no. I'm not getting jackpots. I wish I was. He's getting jack. He's getting jack something. Yeah, he's getting jack, and it's not pot. It rhymes with hit. So the backlash says an SK-1 on the plane. 
You know what that stands for, George? SK1? No. That means Steve Kirk design number one. Oh, there you go. There's also an SK3 and an SK5. Okay, so he puts a little Easter egg on the game. Oh, come on. Okay, Dave. Oh, that's better. I had everything lit. I had all five stars completed. I could not get to the spinner. Ugh. I'm so frustrated. Ugh. Sorry about that. So that was, that was time going. I had to get his thing. And then well, you have like five seconds or four it? seconds. What did I want Once you do the rollover, then there'll be a certain star that's like extra bonus if you can hit it. Okay. It's gone already at this point. So right now I, I got him down, the top yep, left down. Yep, you got him down. You'll see him lit up there as well. Yeah, so and I, then, I can go over here and get yep, in. get him again. Or you can do the three and get the, you know, two X bonus if you want. There you go. You just got him completely. So all this round yellow stand-ups you want to hit. Yep, exactly. There's those are the, those are the stars. Yep, and those are pretty critical to the game, for sure. Okay. Riley, oh, just falling down, not it? So the red tar worth the beautiful. That was worth 7,000, so okay. that, was a, that was a good hit. I like how the... Uh, the displays roll with the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Fast. That's pretty right. cool. Um, it also has okay. the option... Not that that's really uh, possible for most uh, for most most mortals, but it has the ability to actually uh, do uh, seven digit scoring out of six digit display, so it can actually scroll it. So, How does it do that? Um, like Pascal. Uh, yeah, like Pascal. That's exactly right. So it'll score the uh, most significant digit, you know, if you're past that to the right, which is pretty cool. Um, so I have that on my Meteor. Meteor's a game where you could. Um, conceivably uh, break a million points, so on uh, that one I've certainly seen it many times. I've never seen it on stars, just because the game is just that difficult to, to score a million points. Well, there is a cavernous space between those two flippers. It is, yeah. To me, right? It's insane. To me. I can just picture Evil Knievel trying to jump that cavern. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Here we go. It's just such a great game. It'd be nice if I could hit that freaking spinner. I just want to be able to hit it. That was a nice. Oh, nice. Excellent. There we go. Bounce it a couple of times and so it Dave, shall work. Oh, I don't know if you watch while the spinner was going, it was doing a spinner countdown. And notice how it's doing a 64. That's the number of spins that he Okay, has. I don't know what the hell I'm doing here, guys. Get to the spinner round. Okay. So he's got 61 left right now. So it accumulates? It accumulates, yeah, for that ball, which is pretty cool. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Nice shot. Oh. You're in the lead. And George. I am in the lead. You're officially in the lead. Well done. Okay, John. Funny. I'm wondering what this is going to sound like. A mishmash. An arcade. Yep. Yeah, it's a legitimate arcade. There you go. Oh, come on. Okay, John finishes with 87. 87, yeah. So I didn't break the 100,000, which I said would indicate a good game. So Dave's at 38 now, whatever he just did. Hey, Dave. Oh. 
lot of rubber there, my friend. A lot of rubber. <laughs> a lot of rubber there, rubber band man. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, there we go. So that's, he's got one star lit on that spinner. So what's he got, like 200 oh. points of spinner? Okay. Oh, oh comes in at 82, five oh, shots. Now's a chance for you to beat us. So Maureen's at 45. Maureen, show us how to play. Got to take out 87. <laughs> oh, no, it's coming not, back. Okay, ball save. Ball save. That is so weird. Isn't that awesome, actually? <laughs> yeah, I, I could use that from time to time. Okay there, Maureen. Let's get it out of the slingshots. There we go. I just realized that I forgot to mention. I did put WBC slingshots in this game. Oh, so. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't stand the stern jump. It's so bad. Oh, you should try it sometime, seriously. All right. I, yeah, I, I did buy some uh, classic stern. They were great. And Maureen ends up yeah, at 71. So I gotta take out I gotta take out eighty seven. I'm at sixty one and this is gonna be the last ball and then we're gonna conclude. So up and here we go. We got one Okay, so let's see if I can get the left spinner and nope, but I took out a couple of targets. Well look at how look at how strong and I need some more. These things need business. Yeah, and it makes the game that much more fun, you know. No, no, no. Okay, that didn't work out well. I came in last. Okay, we're gonna conclude because I know it's loud. Do right. you have anything to, any parting words, John? You wanna say anything before we uh, tune out here? I, I just hope you guys enjoyed playing it as much as I did. So it's just such a fun game. So. It's, it's a blast. I like the I like the take on it. I definitely uh, it makes me want to restore my stars. And I got a, I got a playfield ready to go into. I just have to uh, find one of these playfields. You got to call the guy up. Well, I, well, I got I got a CPR one. But actually, I, I do like this one too. I need no, another star. Is... I need two stars games. Right? <laughs> That's right. Stars 1.0 yeah, and stars 2.0. Exactly. <laughs> Leave some for the standing, other people. Standing Don't next be a to pig. each other. Oh, no. Never. Don't be a pig. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Me and my 70 <laughs> games, no. <laughs> exactly. John, thanks. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed the chat. That was fun. That was definitely fun uh, learning all about what you did in the stars game. It's, uh, and only what one of 15 out there? Correct. Yeah, for yeah. this play field, that's correct. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So, and uh, you know, big, big kudos to Dick Hamill and Mike Lund for sharing. You know, their just fantastic work. So, being enjoyed by us uh, every time we come here. Very cool. Like it. Well, Dave, that was a lot of fun last night. Recording with John in the midst of a pinball party. I've had the. Uh, pleasure of already listening to and editing that and uh, surprisingly it came out okay so I'm hoping everybody enjoyed up until this point right now um, the one thing that bugged John right after we were recording I don't know if you remember this is oh beehives not in Colorado it's in Utah that was bugging him yeah he told me as well he'd say I always get those two messed up because they're just beautiful places <laughs> it's, it's fine it, the correction is made john so you're whole and i have to say for impromptu he he's amazing 
there was like you said early in the sh in the recording there was no script none that was completely off the cuff yeah you'd never know it <laughs> wonderful no yeah. not one bit he's he's a good guest we're uh, I, I i thought of this afterwards um mike getting that galaxy that's going to be the next john because you know he's going to dig into that as soon as he gets all the parts Boy, we definitely he invited us over to his place to check out his uh his em solid state hybrid creation of that target his, alpha his museum of electronic marvels there you go and experiments exactly right his experiments yes mad scientist yes he is he is he's amazing i, I don't know how else to communicate that um i went and looked the guy well he said he manufactured the board for his so regardless there's a guy called Roy G. Bev on Pinside. I guess he's the one who makes the complete kits for these games. So I think John talked about a lot of the Stern titles and maybe Flash Gordon, but you also have Silverball Mania and Eight Ball and Trident. So he's done quite a few, uh, or somebody's done quite a few games. I don't know if all the rules are there, like uh, stars we played last night but that's a fun that's a fun game that's in the artwork of that i really i went and looked at the old artwork what a difference it's like a modern game yeah it is the way they did it, it said that ladder bonus thing like from em they kind of changed it to to that, that so. graphic that graphic is great yeah i do like the starburst in there it is a nice uh they did a nice job on it nice so job. i want to apologize to the audience i wish we could have had more audio but given it was a party and people were playing other games. It is what it is, but a uh, great game. I have a nickname for John. All right. What do you got? John is now the new star man or stars man, but I'll give you an alternative. He could also be meteor man. Five conversions of meteor already. Did yeah. you say that last night? Yeah. So he's got one of the two nicknames. I mean, that's incredible. That again is incredible. I'm like five. You know, how many you, games do they make? Has he already done five? He works really quick, and he's a full time job, and he's busy with that. So I don't know how he finds the time, but uh, yeah, I think we could cue the uh, David Bowie's song, uh, "Starman." The Starman. Oh, you ruined it. I oh. did. That's right. Did delete that then? You? I didn't know you. <laughs> no. So you knew that one. You get no. into your mind too. Yeah like minds like minds okay. uh i i picked that song and i said to myself you know what i'm gonna be like everybody else that does this stuff i'm gonna plant the suggestion in the show and that way somebody thinks oh they said that in the show oh that's why you picked the story well you pulled the cover back again as we normally do <laughs> <laughs> so we are so un he'd, he'd like we to go not, and show us but he thinks we blow our mind we do not comply <laughs> Oh, yes. Mind blown. What's up, Doc? All right, let's see. We'll start with uh, a Stranger Things LE, a stern Stranger Things. The uh, got a call from this customer up in northern Mass near the Gloucester area. Uh, nice palatial estate. And uh, the game room guys sold him this game, this LE, as well as an Aerosmith LE, a bunch of other game room stuff. So it was a nice sale. And uh, I guess it's only he's only had him for a little while. But this is a, this is a guy who 
he leaves the things on 24 7 his whole game room so whenever he comes down there it's all on <laughs> you know no uh, yeah yeah so he doesn't really Why? care about I don't because he has the money to do so. He has the money. He doesn't need to shut things off. He's well, you're going to have a full time job. I, I kind of told him that too. I said, like, you really don't want to do that. You really kind of want to turn stuff off. And another story coming up later on as well. I, I'll tell you about another, you know, uh, encounter with another place at 24 seven as well. I say, no, no, no. Um, so I'll tell you that story later. But uh, but this way, I, I told him that. And here's why you shouldn't. And, and you know, so he, he listened. I think he's going to, you know, go with my advice. So uh, the game room guys, uh, he had a problem with the uh, Stranger Things was doing some weird stuff, a weird coil firing after a little while would warm up and do some weird things. And they said, oh, call, call Dr. Dave's pinball. He's near you in Massachusetts. He's got good reviews. You know, check him out. You know, he'll, he'll probably figure it out. So I went up there. I did a bunch of research on it. I had everything planned for what I thought it was. When I got up there, it wasn't what I thought it was. It was in a whole different section. So, okay we're going to start with this all over again. I'm going to look at this thing and with fresh eyes and come to find out it was a, um, it was this uh, opto assembly in the game that I thought at first wasn't like lined up because an opto has to be lined up. You get a, you get a sender and a receiver. The sender is like a flashlight. The receiver is like a thing that receives the flashlight to know that if the beam is broken, you got a ball in the way or you got to do something when the beam is broken, like an on off switch. So I could tell that one of them wasn't working right. This is all surface-mount technology because it's a newer game. So it's really hard to solder that stuff with, with what we have these days. So I say, oh, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to say I, I pressed on it and it worked and I didn't press on it. It didn't work. So it was a little a solder fracture, micro fracture. So heat up with a soldering iron, add a little solder, did all of them, bang, the thing worked perfectly. So I was really psyched. And the kicker is the owner of the house was watching me the whole time, watching us. And uh, he said, you know, I'm an EE by trade. I'm really amazed you could get that service mount technology soldered in with a regular soldering iron. And he said, I've owned, uh, he owns, he has owned three companies, three electrical engineering companies. And uh, he was just really, you know, impressed by all that. And then I said, well, we, while we're here, it was a quick fix. Why don't we uh, shop out the rest of your game? And even though your games are brand new, they have this stupid black rubber on him let's get rid of this crap let's put on some nice clear rubber and he goes have at it go ahead make them make them real nice so we did uh, maureen and i spent a couple several hours there and came out great and, and then uh he sent a nice email to the game room guys afterwards after we left there he said uh uh hey jeff and call so he had a bunch of game room guys on this call because he had a problem so they were trying to solve his problem this whole little group of people the salesmen and engineers from game room guys and so he wrote back to him and said, hey, today, Dave from Dr. Dave's Pinball came to our home and fully repaired and spruced up our limited edition Stranger Things. It wasn't an easy repair. He had to break up the soldering and repair back connection, surface mount component. Really impressive field work from my point of view as an engineer to my core. Dave and his wife, Maureen, were a great team on the call today to my house. They are great service providers. Your network should be very happy to have them included in support of pinball games your company sells. I thought you guys should know. So that was a very nice email he sent to. Uh, Bravo. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, thank you. That was a, a nice success story there. So how much did you get to play it? And did it have the new code in it? People say that it's a better game. I was, I played it when it first came out. I'm not a super big fan, but you don't see them often. I mean, even at all the shows we go to, I don't recall seeing one recently. I did bring latest code with me just in case it was a code thing. 
And then he mentioned, I said, Hey, you got the latest code. Oh, oh, I've been, I've been updating the code regularly. So again, he's an engineer. He knows how to do it. But so I was, so he was behind one rev, but I said, you know what? I, if he's comfortable doing it, I rather let him do it. Oh something. yeah. Oh yeah. Steer yeah. Clear of that. I want to steer clear of it. If, if he's good at it, have at it. Have at it. I don't want to cause any problems. A code update could go wrong and oh, I can make, yeah. make a brick out of it. No, no. You have People at it, dude. About when it does a refresh on some of those games, it takes hours. It can. If you do a, by Wi-Fi, it can take hours. The, the best way I find to do it is I do like, you know, an SD card that goes into a camera right. or whatever. You right. basically just, you can flash an SD card with the code and basically just, so have it all done on your computer, then pop it in the game. It's done. No, no going to your game and, and right. doing it that way. So that's what no I'm wait, doing now. No waiting game. No waiting game. You know, if the, if the thing is verified, you have a working card in the game. Now you have a working card. You just made your computer. You throw it in. If it doesn't work for some reason, you put the old card back in. You'll, you'll never have a down game that way. You know, so that's, mm-hmm. that's a great practice I do now. Cool. That's a tech okay. Tip. I have I have a story. If you're finished with yours, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I have I have more. I got a lot of more. Got a lot of more stories. But George, you go ahead. What do you got? Well, I don't know if I kept you apprised, but about when people start listening to us, I guess it was about two weeks ago that I got an email from Grant in Australia, and it was a. I don't know, a screenshot, it might've been from Facebook. I don't know where it was from. It doesn't really matter. That said that they were releasing the Queen game, you know, the band yeah. Queen. Yeah. So I went out on Pinside and I didn't see any chatter. I'm like, they're going to start taking orders in like 48 hours. I thought everybody was all worked up over this thing after having seen it. In London, I guess it was at some pop-up shop, but it wasn't working. They kind of put the, you know, the dead display, you know, that, the display model out there, not playing, just so people could see what it was going to be. That was back. That was back a couple of years ago. I saw the date on that. That was back, like, I think two years ago. No, I, well, no, the one in London was like within the last nine months. I think it was sometime late last year, early okay. this year. Yeah. Um. And. I said to myself, well, let me just put it out there and see, because I'm a fan of the band, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. So I posted it out there and then Nap Arcade chimed in and said something to the effect, no, that's not going to happen this week. And there was some back and forth and you know what happens on Pinside. Oh, and I'm sure no party. I'm just like, eh, yep. let me throw the, uh, the lure into the water and see what happens. And it got some responses. A couple of people said, nah, nah, what do you know? And so this week the game was released and I guess it's going to be at Cointaker, a big distributor, I guess in Pennsylvania somewhere. They're going to have it in, uh, in uh, August. But I said to, to uh, Grant prior to it being released, I said, man, I got my uh, it's in a ringer. I got my it's caught in a ringer. And he's like, what? I go, you've never heard that saying. And you know, I'm leaving off a letter. Oh yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he's like, I've never heard that. He was laughing. He's like, I've never heard that before. I said, well, yeah, I kind of did. I kind of stirred the pot a little too much. So 
I experienced a, a little bit of fun and frolic on Pinside this past week. Pinside can I'm be. A big fan, I'm a big fan of theirs. I hope it's a decent game. Pinside can be, you know, you express an opinion out there or your thoughts on something. You're going to get some nice guys out there and you're going to get some sharks. You're going to get some people that are trolls and that just have nothing better to do than just kind of, you know, shoot at your it nice was, little happy It was balloons. more of a one-upsmanship. Like, I know more mm. than you do. Shut up. You know, oh, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. Sit down. It's like, okay. I, don't, I, ego I, just wanted to, I, I did it without malice. I just wanted to see what would happen. And sure. uh, the reason is I've been a fan since their first album. I saw them on Broadway in New York City. They did a five-night stand with Mott the Hoople, and they were really, really, really good. So that's my affinity. But this is a weird pin, Dave, in that it's got a live soundtrack. It's not studio. It's all live. I thought Guns N' Roses has the same thing. Don't they have live, too, Guns N' Roses? I've only played it that one time with you, so I don't know. I know there are live tracks in it, but yeah, like that Paul McCartney thing, that's not a live track. That's a that's a studio track, isn't it? Paul McCartney thing on for what? So it might be mixed. What I'm getting at is there is no studio audio in this new game. Okay. It's all live. Yeah, um, I just thought it was a little weird. That's all. It's all live. Yeah, you know what? And you know, I saw I saw Canada, I saw his little review on it and so forth. And you know, he's uh he's an interesting guy, but he's always every time he's saying thing, he's always poo pooing. So he's always complaining. Oh, this sucks again. It's like everything sucks, dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's just he's just a lightning rod. It, you know, <laughs> he he just gets both sides going. You know, the pros. Oh yeah, say it, Canada, and the other side's got pitchforks and fire. I mean. It, you know, it's, it's like a, it's big, a, supposedly he's got a big listenership. I wouldn't give him five bucks a month. I wouldn't either. It, do. He's not bad. It's, it's you know, but he's uh, he's got a formula. It's the same formula he used every time, and it's the same thing. He repeats himself all the time. It's like, you know, I like some of his stuff, but it's it's kind of uh, I don't know change change your tune, dude. Once in a while, you know, let's let's, let's get uh, instead of glass half empty, let's go glass half full once in a while. You know, the mere fact that we're talking about him gets him all excited. He doesn't know who we are, George. I really no, don't. probably not. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I don't care. Other people. He's do. he's a he's a non-entity in my uh, in my world. Yeah, he's a character. Yeah. Tell me another story. Another story. Well, let's go with uh, let's go with the uh, yeah the restaurant in Cambridge. Here's another place that has their games on twenty four seven. Last time we were out there was back in 2019 before the craziness of the last couple of years. And they, they were, you know, they were, they were a 24 seven restaurant, um, very popular right near the club scene there. So they had all kinds of people come in there and their game. I can imagine they did. Oh boy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a a really nice twilight zone and a really nice medieval madness, you know, two high end games in there. Well, you've had, talked you've talked yeah. about these games before. Yeah, and I, I, I years ago because they needed so much work. I was there like four four different times and just restoring, restoring, restoring. You know, Maureen and myself doing it, and she was doing the rubber kit and cleaning, and I was repairing all kinds of you know worn out stuff and uh, the clock and Twilight Zone, all this stuff. So got that all done back then, but by them having it on again for three years straight, you know, twenty four seven. You know, now they call me up. Oh, can you come in? You can use balance the games. This and I say, sure. So I go in there. 
armed in the teeth with all the stuff I needed. And uh, yeah, Medieval Madness was dead, dead as a doornail. There's, you turn it on, just some GI lights in the back box came on, and that's about it. That was dead. And Twilight Zone kept searching for, for balls. It wasn't quite booting up all the way, but it was a little better off. You know, um, they moved the games around so they're way off level. And that's why some balls were stuck. So the Twilight Zone worked on that a little bit, got that up pretty quick. Um, since that one wasn't working, they were like had Medieval Madness on a lot more. I could tell by the coin box. The coin box was overflowing with quarters in Medieval Madness. Oh, goody. So probably several hundred dollars worth of quarters in Medieval Madness and probably maybe, oh, maybe a hundred bucks or so in the Twilight Zone. And uh, they lost the keys. So I had to give them new keys for the games. Um, and I you know, did a bunch of work in Twilight Zone and got that one working pretty well, did a little refresh on it. And as that's sitting and going, working on Medieval Madness, and Medieval Madness were just about done with that. That wound up being why it was dead was the uh, display was, uh, was shorted. So I put a new display in there, bang, the game came up. And then I had to fix a whole bunch of other stuff that was broken. So How the hell did you figure that out? Uh, I have just seen so many different things on these games over the years. It just like it says, you know, I, and I, I put all this stuff in the back of my brain and I just kind of say, I think I've seen this before somewhere or I've heard about it before or whatever. And it's like, let's try this. Let's because I know the audiovisual board won't boot if it doesn't sense something or it's like an over protection circuit or something. So I put the new, new well, actually, you know what I did, how I found it is I unplugged the display and it came up. I said, okay, display bad, causing problem. I had a display on me, put it in, that came up, everything came up and spent a bunch of time on that. So, wow. So yeah, I, I, would very, never, I would never go there first, but that's interesting. Yeah, I just have had all kinds of problems with the display driver boards in these games doing weird things. So I, I just know it's either that can be a problem or their bad display can be a problem for these games. You know, they can just drag the whole system down. So that was about nine hours on site there. We got there 11 o'clock in the morning and got out of there, I don't know, like eight or nine o'clock or whatever it was. Um, and but by, by that time, it was, this was the hottest day of the year. It was like 100 degrees out in the city. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I can't in the middle of a heat wave. It's going to be uh, I'm I've rarely gone out the last couple of days. It's been in the 90s every day. It's just soupy, hot mess outside there. And there was so much, you know, so much stress, more stress <laughs> in the city because you get heat and stress. I had to be in Cambridge is all about those meter maids and police all around. You got to be on top of your car and feed that. Oh meter. yeah. That's a horrible place to park. So I'm in the middle of troubleshooting something and getting my mind right about certain things. And it's like, Oh crap. And I put an alarm on my phone. Oh, I've got to feed the meter again. And I get out of my zone. I got to re- Okay. What was I doing again? Get back into my zone. So I parked on a one hour meter out on the main street there, right across the way. And I said, you know, I can't just keep feeding the meter. They're going to see that I'm feeding a meter. There's only one hour parking on the hour number two now. So I got to find another spot. So I found another spot on the side street, two hour parking. And I parked there and uh, I started feeding that. I started feeding that two hour meter. So I kept feeding meters, uh, you know, for nine hours. For nine straight. hours. Yeah, how feeding meters. How much, I, I have to ask, do you have to feed quarters into it? Quarters. Manually? Yep, 15 minutes a quarter. So no electronic meter. No, which I was really surprised. I was really, I, but you know what though? You can do this. Um, I'm sure people in Cambridge and cities have this, this parking app that you have on your, on your phone and you put it in there. And you no, put I'm the, thinking of, you know, the like kiosk on the street where you put the credit card in, and right. it gives you a receipt, no. you put it inside the car and it tells the meter maid how long you can be there. 
Well, no, they don't have that. They, they have they have this more. They do have that in a way. They have this special app you can do on your phone, and, and it right. does the same. Right. But but you don't get a special uh, uh, special ticket to put in your car. Uh, speaking about a little side juncture on the whole thing, the latest thing we're in Rhode Island is that you put the credit card in in the kiosk, you put your license plate number in, you put how many minutes or hours you want on it, and you don't even need a receipt for your car. You just okay, go off and do your thing, but keep track of your time. What happens is that data goes to all the meter maids phones yeah. and yeah. it says, Hey, this license plate number on this street, on this, on this Look location. For this one. Yeah. They're it's retired. one minute left. Go over it's there and the ticket them. It's on the hot list. So yeah. So I don't like that too much. That's like way too much stress. So the yeah, quarter thing is so, way easy for me. More eyes than I would want on my car. Ever. Yeah. Way too, way too much. So, way too so much I, I was getting asked, how much did it cost you per hour to park in Cambridge? Uh, you must have had like nine rolls. Well, no, you had the coin box. So I had the coin box. So I, I, say, I just hey, kept I sticking my paw in the coin box and getting quarters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, the world! It, was it, so the cool easy. thing was the world was so easy. You know, it was very nice. Kept sticking the quarter in mode, getting the paw, and getting the quarters. And you know, so they didn't mind that. Basically, you know, use their quarters to, on them to pay for the park because I'm there for their job anyway. And then a right. uh, very nice place. They said, hey, anything you guys want throughout the whole day while you're here, it's on us. So we just kept ordering food and drinks and just kept, you know, you uh, it's, it's, but it's all it's an all vegetarian place, though. It's it's all the, you know, the whole beyond meat situation going on and all that kind of thing, which I'm usually not really into. I want the real the real food. But, you know, but in a pinch, hey. it was tasty, you know, hey, didn't have to go anywhere. And the price was right exactly exactly okay so that's 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 a good story so i I have a question about the games so these games had not been looked at in three years yeah well i guess that's what i'm asking i know you replaced all the rubbers but what was what was it like it was just grunge like you have to really do the full clean job on it uh i did uh, see on the twilight zone i've already done that a couple years ago and i replaced all that stupid black rubber years ago with, with a nice clean silicone clear stuff so that doesn't leave much residue so and it, and it lasts it lasts yeah it stayed pretty clean i mean a little bit of dirt but not like black rubber would make dirt right. not like totally grunge so uh it already it was already we already led'd it so the leds were still good they weren't burnout bulbs the leds were still happening so um you know just a general cleaning on both of them and then of course the medieval madness i uh, last time i was there i didn't do a full you know day spa and now i did like a half a day spa just to kind of get it running in 2019 so now it really needed medieval madness needed a lot of work and i put a lot of time into that uh, a lot of broken pop-upper brackets were broken in half. A lot of like broken metal stuff. Metal fatigue was all broken on it. The uh, flipper rubber was all was worn out from so many hits. So I had to replace that on there. Uh, I had to take apart, take off some ramps on the top there and get back there. I never got back there before and put some nice warm red LEDs in there. And some. It, so it, it really came out nice and had to adjust some switches. But I play tested the crap out of that game. It, was, it really worked out well. Um, but after you know after all that time and here's the thing mini mass running great twilight zone running great about ready to go all of a sudden maureen says hey there's something weird going on in twilight zone it keeps going pop pop click 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 all this weird solenoid stuff happening and it's that's kind of strange all of a sudden then the dreaded the dreaded check fuse 115 116 j112 and opto 12 volt supply came up on the display and i go that's not good. What the frick is that? Did a quick little Google on Pinside and it comes up being 
oh, everybody hates this to say it could be all these different things. People had no real answer on what it was. Nothing really nailed down except for maybe 12 volt optical supply being bad. But I, it had a brand new driver board in there with a brand new thing on it. And just in case I put another brand new one in there and it still didn't help. It's like, and now, so again, I'm nine hours in, I'm tired, I'm hot and sweaty from all day. It's like, I just want to get out of here, you know? So I, I was racking my brain and there was no answers online. It's like, you know, I'm just going to go and look. And I found there's an opto board in the back, on the bottom of the game in the, on the play field that does all the opto stuff. There's a little red light in there. The red light was not on and it has to be on for it to work. So, okay, there's something going on here. I think it's got to be the board. The other stuff in the game is fine. I measured the, the power. I measured all the power and, and the fuses are all good on there. So this board is highly suspect taking it with me. So took it back with me um that's why i showed you guys last night oh that was the discussion you had with john last night yeah that that was fascinating again kudos to john he is a memory vault i I was just sitting there going how the hell can he remember all this and this is just one of the millions of things he can remember he's he's a great he's he's outstanding and I love, so I, I found, so I looked at the board before I went to go see you guys. I, I looked at the board and said, hmm, it looks like almost like alkaline damage on a battery on this board right around the capacitor. It's like, and I know these capacitors, when they get warm, they can start leaking, leaking up this like uh, alkaline stuff and wreck things. And I took it off of there and I found it ate, ate away some traces. Like, yep, this capacitor causes board to go bad, like, like an alkaline damage on an MPU board. And I basically got rid of it all, started. So I know that's, that's the problem with this board. So when I brought it up to you guys, up to the party with John, I wanted, I like to always quiz him because I see the weird stuff. And since he's an EE, uh, I like to throw, I like to, I like to quiz him. I like to kind of, you know, I like to challenge him and say, hey, okay, here's the situation. I know the answer. I want to see what you say it is. I want to watch your thought process. So as you, as you, as we're going to see with John, and um, as you saw, we, we interviewed him, uh, his thought process. And I said, yep, you're on the right track, but you're, you're thinking right, but, but you're not quite there yet. And and it was great. That's why I kept offering him. Uh, do you want a hint? You know, no, no, I'm, I want to, I want to figure this. Okay. Let, he likes trying to work through the problem. And when I finally showed him, you know, he's like, ah, oh, of course, you know, so uh, it worked out well. And actually the, the rest of the story is I just did the work today in that board. I put it in there, uh, powered up and boom, the game works. So I have a twilight zone here that I put in. Yeah, I know you left that part out that you set the game up at, at home. You got it out of storage, right? Yeah. So, so that you could uh, replicate yes. it before you even went back to the customer. That's Ex- awesome. Exactly. So I, I basically have a, a twilight zone in storage that, you know, I think kind of works. So I turned it on, it works. And then I want to try to break it by taking this known, this, this unknown, possibly not working board, put it in my, get my twilight zone. It caused the game to fail with the same message. Say, okay. No, it's definitely this board now. And that's when I went after the board. That's when I went after the capacitor, replaced the capacitor and the LED on the board. Cause that was, that was bad too. Cause the, the outline took the LED out as well. And then I threw it into the, um, I threw it into my game and, and now the game came up fully. So now I know that board is actually working well now. So I'm psyched. I can go there with confidence now, uh, possibly on Monday and get them all set with that game. So another victory there. I came in midway and, and I finally turned to you and said, do you, uh, do you know the answer? And you're like, yeah, I do. I'm like, oh, okay. You're kind of trying to figure out if John's got the, the process down, which he did. He was drilling right down. I'm like, he's, he's incredible. He's a, he's a sharp guy. 
he likes puzzles because he does a lot of puzzles all the time with his uh with his work with all with all the uh, trying to figure out different um problems and different especially with the uh supply shortages and that kind of thing he has to get different kinds of chips that'll work in systems that usually that because they can't find the correct one they really want so he has to find other different specs and so forth and he's always trying to do that in his job so kudos to him you know for getting that done absolutely yeah. i want to uh as a a prominent white house person once said i want to circle back um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Jen Pisaki. No, no no longer yeah we won't use her name she's uh she's gone um anyway uh mike's house i love his games i got to play his batman 66 his attack from mars Beatles, which you and i are in agreement in that they stern i'm gonna say it again you'll probably never hear this but you got to make this back into a sea witch ditch the Beatles theme and make it a sea witch and get on with it i know you've got a million other things to do but i would buy that game in a heartbeat if they did that i just i'm not a big fan of the Beatles. you know what i would do instead retheme it the monkeys that would be a great theme for that game. <laughs> I'll just I'll just take the you know non uh, non licensed theme. It's inexpensive, guys. You've already got all the artwork. Just put it on the game and be done with it. You know, it's not that hard. And in fact, you know, I, I, when I if I design it with the monkeys, I'd do a monkeypox multi ball. Oh, don't 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 even go, <laughs> don't even don't even go there. I do not want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. I do not want to talk about that. Thank you. I, I want to talk about Mike's stars one more time. I want to thank him for allowing us a to do the podcast there last night, plus uh, playing the game. The ball save feature on that game is quite unique. I found it disturbing at first. I'm like, it's giving me a ball back. I've never saw, seen that before, ever, on any game like this. So that was kind of weird. And the post between the flippers, I don't own any games that have that little mini post. None. So that was fun. That saved me a lot of times on well, the game. I will tell you, those are all Steve Kirk's. So Steve Kirk, Meteor, Nine Ball, and Stars. The only three well, games he made. And they all have the, the big wide flippers, a, a big cavern across, like even he was going to jump across, and the post there, because the post will save you from that big cavernous gap. I'm sold. I like the game. I had a lot of fun on it. Yeah, I like uh, out of those three. I like the stars and nine ball meteor. That's a distant third for me. Well, you're going to eventually set that up, hopefully, but we're not going to go down that trail again. Yeah. I wanted to mention before I forget uh, two things. One, this is the first game we've done in three or four months april that was the last time we did evil knievel that seems like forever ago it does well we do have a uh, a gorgar coming up we'll be doing it don't tease people because we'll probably do something in between or who knows but yeah that's that's one um i have failed and i put a big big star on the page not because of what we're talking about but as a reminder if you want to contact us, the classic pinball podcast, numeral one at gmail.com. If we said something wrong, 
you want to say something, you want us to do something, we'll consider it and we'll get back to you. We, uh, nobody's been emailing us, but I've also not given out the email address. So I remembered that. So I got that out of the way. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? I think we did pretty good here on time. We do. I, I have, uh, I got another story, but I only, I, I got a, I got like one minute left on this segment. So I, yeah, I, we're, <laughs> can it, can we save it? Oh yeah, I can I can save this I, and I can uh, oh save it for next time or what? Yeah, save it for next time. Yeah, okay, sure. Say goodbye. All right. Before time runs out. Okay, I will. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 no, I'll say about that. Thanks everyone for listening to this uh, our uh, our our lovely podcast that we have here here the Classic Female Podcast and our uh, lovely guest John Day and my friend Paul who chimed in as well. And this is episode 88 of the Classic Pinball Podcast. I'm George. Stay cool and play some pinball pool. Right on. <laughs> hey, what's up, Doc? What's cooking? What's up, Doc? Oh, you're looking for bugs, bunny bunting. Duck is gonna hunting just to get a rabbit skin, but now the rabbit's gonna get. What's up, Doc? What's cooking? Hey, look out! Stop! You're gonna hurt someone with that old shotgun. Hey, what's up, Doc? We really mean it. What's up, Doc? It's the hotline. I'm in PJ. Hello, PJ. Good. How are you doing? We're just about to go live on our uh, our podcast. What are you doing? Oh, oh, are you are you in the middle of a podcast? Yeah, just about to start one. Oh, all right. Maybe I better let you go because you want to do that. Yeah. What, what do you? I just you, called to say hello. That's all. Okay. All right. Cool. Let me, um, oh, you know what? Um, I was uh, surfing on the web. Yep. And I found a new barcade. I don't know how long it's been there for. And it's in Saco, Maine. And they got about, I think it's 60 games. Okay. So you want to look that up. Just, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of cool. I just thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to take a road trip sometime, like when we were a kid, go to a couple places. And, and the, the Arcadia Arcade in um, downtown Portland, Maine, that expanded. They're now bigger than they were. What the hell are you recording? Hey, 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 hey George, this PG just called me for a second here, so I'm just... Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. I hear him talking. I'm like, what the hell is going on? We got a three-way going on. Am I on the the podcast? Yeah, you're kind of on the you're on the on the beginning end of the podcast. So, hey everybody, there's a new arcade since Taco Maine. It's a barcade, mostly pinball. What's the name of it? What's the name of it? Uh... (laughs) I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Okay. Where in Saco? Saco, Maine. Saco, Maine. Check it out. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Sixty pinball machines. 
I think are you up are you up there now or are you just up there no i just no i just surfing the web and i just came across it i'm like wow I didn't oh, know oh oh okay i thought you were going to give us some insider info okay check it out it looks pretty cool i think i think we could do a road trip i think we should go there and i think we should go to arcadia in downtown portland i i second that i'm up for that let's do that sounds good when, when are we going Let's go. Okay. Right now. Okay, going I'm going to get... let you go. Yeah. All right. George, take care. You as well, PJ. All right. Good, good to talk to you. Have a have a good podcast, okay? I will do. Yeah, I think we will. Thank, thanks for calling in. You're our, you're our first live caller to our podcast. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lots of firsts. Yeah, sure. I think so. I got to. We have to go. We have to clear by the board. We have a whole board. We have to go go in front of. But I think we might be able to make it happen. All right. All right. All right. Take care. You too. See you later. Bye bye. All right. Goodbye. (laughs) Dave. Who? Dave. D A V. Yeah, Dave. Dave. Right. But George, you don't know what you're saying. You're under their control.